Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. It's a new year on the podcast, and I'd like to introduce you to some changes that we're making to the show. We're excited to introduce our partnership program. This will allow us to showcase more of the leaders, innovators, and organizations who are at the forefront of the economic transformation happening in our city and our province. Take a few minutes and be curious. Visit their websites, check them out on social media, and most importantly, get involved where you can. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clear Motive Marketing. Full transparency, folks. I am one of the co-founders of Clear Motive Marketing. I have had the privilege and the amazing opportunity to be involved with my current business partner, Chad Kroger, since 2010. And it has been a fantastic ride and just an amazing, amazing journey. But I'm coming here today not as a co-founder, but as a client. Over a year ago, I brought the idea of the podcast to the team, presented the challenges, presented the opportunity, presented why I was excited about it, and they worked with me to create a plan. We built a strategy, we built the brand, we built the website, and they helped me execute, and they helped me execute day in and day out as we are constantly going live with with new, new episodes. They also were a huge help in building the audience, which can be the most challenging things, whether you're a company, with a product or a service, or just a new idea that you need to get out there. So we've grown organically from over 200 downloads last December to over 2,000 this December, which is an all-time record for the show, something we're really proud of, and I couldn't have done it without the ClearMotive team backing me at every step of the way. They specialize in helping brands that operate in fast-paced, highly competitive industries, which, let's be honest, is, is everyone these days, to deliver more consistently and more effectively day in and day out, something that we all know can be an incredible challenge in marketing with the pace of the always-on mindset. With offices and teams in both Calgary and Toronto, they work to make clients better marketers. So if you need a new website, a new brand, or simply a new efficient way to produce and deliver and get your get your creative and market, and get connected with your customers, give us a call and let's have a good old-fashioned chat. Check out our work and our case studies at www.clearmotive.ca. A warm collisions. YYC, welcome to Mr. Scott Jenkins. How are you, Scott? I'm doing great, Tyler. How are you? I'm really good. You, you and I made it happen. We had some technical glitches first uh, on our first date. So this is our second date, so I don't know. I feel, su- I'm feel, I feel super comfortable. I think, we're, I think we're already off to the races here. Yeah, big shout out to the technical folks at Shaw for uh, helping me out on that. Nice. It's you know what? It's good to give a positive shout out every once in a while because uh, that often that often slides in the other direction sometimes. <laughs> Scott, you are the CEO and president of uh, ZS2. So maybe if it, let's just start there. If people haven't had the opportunity, the privilege, they're going they're going to today. What's ZS2 all about? And then we'll kind of work backwards from there. Sure. So uh, well, thanks thanks for having me today. This is great. I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen. Uh, ZS2 Technologies. We're a company focused on innovative uh, building products and materials technologies for the for the construction industry. So we manufacture prefab panels, uh, innovative cement technologies based on uh, magnesium cement formulations, sheathing. Uh, but really, what we're trying to do is uh, reduce the need for labor on site. Uh, cost certainty, but also bring science into construction for healthier, safer, more sustainable materials. So that's probably the big piece. And that's really the focus of ZS2 is, uh, you know, we like to say we're building better for the planet and for people. Nice. I'm going to be bold and repeat. I'm going to repeat something. I get I get to paraphrase and repeat a lot on the show. I've heard from a lot of people that the construction industry has been, has been and is continuing to be, but starting to change, slow to adapt. And I kind of heard you kind of drop in, like bringing technology to the construction sector. Of all this disruption that's going on out there, I've had some guests on talking about how it is starting to change, but that it's been a bit of a slow road in that sector. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's interesting. I was on a call just uh, earlier this morning with uh, a, a 
a, a much larger Alberta-based company that operates their property developer and design build firm. And they said, they commented, they're really starting to see the shift, that people are asking questions about how do we build more efficiently? Um, you know, and I know we'll probably get into it a little in the podcast about some of my uh, previous companies and the teams that we built, but that was really their focus as well. So it's something that is near and dear to my heart over my 30-year career is innovation within construction, within engineering technology. But now is that is too that it's the first time actually in my entire career we're bringing science and proprietary science. You know, my one of our uh, founding uh, partners is a PhD chemist. So we've got a full chemistry team at ZS2. And so it's it's innovating the materials uh, to really also just improve the buildings we're, we're living in, we're eating in, we're sleeping in, we're going to school in. So that's really the focus of what we're doing. I appreciate that. Like, to me, that almost puts it in a little bit of a different category. So for myself, guilty, I think technology, I think blockchain, I think AI, I think machine learning, whatever. I'll, I, could, I could keep the acronyms going. But to hear you're actually bringing in no more of a scientific approach to the actual materials themselves, not just like we're being more efficient because we're making decisions with this software or whatever we're using in the background. But you're talking about it from the perspective of actually the, the materials we use to build the, the, the XYZ thing. Well, you know, it's interesting. So, so if we take a look a little bit at uh, software innovation in the construction space, there is actually a lot of uh, software innovations. Uh, when I was with Dirt Environmental Solutions, so you know, I was with Dirt for a long time, we built up a fantastic company. They had this tremendous software called ICE, uh, 3D visualization configuration on the back end. There's a lot of companies out there, big players, small players, developing really fantastic stuff built on video game engines in terms of you know using software and hardware out there. But one area I don't think construction is really, you know, you, you mentioned it, has advanced over the last well, potentially even 100 years is the adoption of new and innovative materials. And for us, it goes back to really like what, what were the basic uh, science courses you took in junior high school, you know, in high school? Chemistry, physics, you know, mathematics, biology. Well, mathematics, physics, and chemistry, that's set us too, right there. Biology, not so much yet, but we'll get there. There's still time. We'll have, we'll have our Black Mirror episode where we go really deep into where, where it could go. And is it, is it a combination? You mentioned planet and some of the environment, like the decisions you're making from an environmental perspective. Are you also, like, you, obviously cost is a factor. Any concerns around the fact that we're like a level of scarcity around natural resources where like, hey, not only should we, but we kind of have to start looking at other, and sorry, I'm getting a bit philosophical, but is there a drive around the fact of like, well, a lot of these other things are, we're using, we're using them up and we're, we're, you know, lumber prices. I know I was talking to someone yesterday in the, in that business and he's like, they have almost tripled in a year. So there's sometimes that those realities, does this also play into a little bit of that space of the fact that these are resources that we're using up? If we can use smart science to find other ways of doing it, does that also help in that cycle? I, I think you're bang on. Uh, you know, what, what's interesting here, so so Calgary, you know, um, you know, the energy industry uh, is a big focal point of the Alberta economy, the Calgary economy, and the Alberta and the Canadian energy industry is probably the most sustainable, most technologically advanced, most ethical industry out there. But it gets all this press. What's interesting to me is there's another industry out there that actually throughout the world is the second largest contributor to greenhouse gases. And people are just starting to wake up to this a little bit. And this is an industry that's ripe for disruption. And that's actually the cement industry. Mm. Cement is the most used man-made product on earth, period, by far. The creation of Portland cement is the second largest contributor to greenhouse gases. 
So this is where we're sort of playing and we're using a lot of, you know, fortunately, we, our company, we reside in Calgary, Alberta, which is a hotbed of technological innovation, entrepreneurship, you know, people just saying, hey, let's figure this out. Let's get it done. Access to, you know, largely from the energy industry. But our focus is actually changing the cement industry because I think it sometimes gets glossed over about what's happening in the rest of the country, the rest of North America, the rest of the world. That Wait a sec, there's this other industry out there that is ripe for change. So. That's interesting. You're right, because our, our primary industry here gets some black eyes uh, unbeknownst, and, and I think they kept their hands down for too, too long and let the jabs get in there sometimes. <laughs> you let your opponent get you punch drunk. But that's interesting to hear when you look at something like the second largest, but we don't. I never hear that. I never see that on the front page of anything, or I never see an article. Or you don't actually hear about disruptive industries, whether it's the EV industry, that are, that are targeting specifically to disrupt the fossil fuel space, like they would talk about the cement and concrete space. That's uh, that's really interesting. So uh, something you said that just touched on you. You're obviously very bullish on Calgary and why you because you you could be anywhere with this company. So when a company, especially as a startup, someone like yourself with experience probably has connections globally of resources. But you chose Calgary to to start this thing. Yeah, I, it's I'm I'm I am I'm a Cal- Calgarian hand on heart. And I've been fortunate in my life to live in many other cities uh, throughout the world, in Asia, Australia, North America. Um, Actually, my previous company, I moved my family down to Phoenix, Arizona for a while uh, when we were opening a plant uh, down there for production purposes. Um, I have the distinction, my my oldest son can still recite the Pledge of Allegiance from attending school down there uh, as a Canadian. So for our American friends that might be listening. Um, (laughs) But Calgary, Calgary is such a fantastic uh, city, I think, and I'll, I'll kind of touch on some key reasons. There's an entrepreneurial uh, spirit here, unlike anywhere else I've ever seen. And I think a lot of that comes from that energy patch and that sort of a little bit that Western myth, you know, our value propositions and just that, that we are that entrepreneurial spirit and let's just go get it done and figure out a way. Um, but second, also, you know, you think about there's three major post-secondary institutions in this city, plus others, but you think about SAIT, Mount Royal University, University of Calgary. So access to talent in the province overall with all the other post-secondary institutions, some of which are academic partners and R&D partners of ZS2. Um, so we're working closely with some folks out of the U of A uh, right now. We're also working, actually, you know, give a little shout out uh, with some folks out of Simon Fraser University in British Columbia right now. Um, so that's a big, and also, you know, there's an access to capital. There's been some people that have done very well that reside in this province and they're really willing to support innovative young companies that want to disrupt, disrupt major world and, you know, like we're trying to do with Zetas too. So there's all these things coming together. Um, you know, I, I think it's a wonderful place. People want to live here. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful place to, you know, you and I were talking before the, we got going just about originally some of the cities we've lived in, all amazing places, but this is one of the most beautiful cities uh, I think in the world. So that adds a little bit to it as well. The quality of life here is bar none fantastic. You know, like there's, you can't even, yeah, that's not, that's not even up for debate in my, in, my, right. in, my, in, 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 in my mind. Like your argument is mute. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so many questions I want to touch on, but one I wanted to, I've had other guests on that have talked about the challenge sometimes in raising capital as a startup, specifically if you're anything hardware related, if there's something tangible. You're building construction materials, so this isn't a SaaS play. This isn't a piece of technology that's you know, low overhead from that perspective, maybe lots of, lots of build time. How has that been for you? you? It sounded just in the way you presented it that it's been very positive from the ability to get people to buy in and support what you guys are doing. 
It uh, it's never easy. So so I should let's start there. It's never as easy. And I, I when we started ZS two, uh, my partners and the team, I actually said to them, look, this is going to take longer than we think. It always does, and it's going to be harder. And we've got to just outwork everyone. That being said, it has been a positive experience for us in terms of access to capital for our company, for growth capital to take us to the next level, um, which is interesting given the pandemic. You know, I, I was concerned about that. But I'd say a few things. One, you're bang on that we have a component of our business, which is bricks and mortar. So we're an R&D, new materials, proprietary technology in in our products, but then we're also making them and selling them. We're selling construction materials. They're innovative, they're leading edge, but it's bricks and mortar stuff. It's manufacturing facilities, it's, distribution, it it's logistics. And these aren't light. You don't pop them in the back of your pickup. Like this is a, you, this is an undertaking to get these on site, right? Mm-hmm. 110%. And that takes capital. It takes people. It takes effort. It takes time. Uh, so I think what's been helpful for us is bringing together a good young team, but having proprietary science and just the, the feedback I've gotten from our investors and strategic partners, and we've been very fortunate uh, to have some early investors that are very successful Western Canadian families and their companies that have backed us. So people that saw, and maybe they saw it based on our track record at our previous companies, um, and they supported us actually, like to be honest, with the formation of ZS2 and kind of encouraged us to go. Um, so track record helped, uh, but bringing together this talented team, I am so fortunate. Like, like I'm the CEO of ZS2, but really, I'm just there to support everybody else on the team. They're the ones doing it. And I know other people say that, but wow, am I a fortunate guy? I don't know how this, you know, Lost Boys, Peter Pan, or you know, we sometimes <laughs> call ourselves the Island of Misfit Toys. If you remember the old Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer movie, I, I think I think my audience is and we we we, we all get that's us. Yeah, <laughs> but we come together and it works. It just works. It's an amazing group of people. Well, p- pulling on that, uh, clearly access to talent, and you touched on it earlier, that's not been a barrier to you at all. You've been able to get the people you needed to, to, to put them in the right seats and do the thing. We, we've been very fortunate there. I, I will say, actually, I'll add a little comment, uh, is the pandemic and COVID has probably helped us a little bit. There's nothing positive about what the world is going through right now. This in all of our lifetimes, right? And, and for generations, this has been an incredibly tough time for the world. But what it has, some companies, unfortunately, have had to downsize or change things. And so there's some really good folks out there who maybe previously were a little risk averse in their careers or where they were. And now I think they're looking a little, they're a little more entrepreneurial and want to be part of something special. And maybe also just from their own value system or who they want to be or what they want to be proud of. The pandemic, I've seen it with two of my team members in particular, where they've said, you know what, I I don't want to look back at a career and just say, yeah, I had a good job. I want to say I created something special. I was part of that team. I don't know if that's pandemic or the just... The way we're all thinking about things right now. I don't know if we're going to be a little philosophical. I certainly lots of people I talk to. I had a couple of friends. They're like, you know what? You're not traveling. You're like much. You get a little bit more internal. You start to reprioritize and go like, what's important? And you know, let's be honest. Pre-pandemic, it's pretty easy to fill up your life with distractions, and your job sometimes can be one of those. And travel and family. I think pandemic, a lot of people had a time to like the rise of the purpose-driven 
like life. I think it's like everywhere you read blog articles. I got a couple friends that are consultants in the marketing space and they're, they're only working with purpose-driven CEOs now. Like that, that word I think was on the rise, but I think last year it's, it's, we've, I think people have been able to re-ascertain or kind of re-sort re, re, re what's important. The, uh, it's interesting. You just mentioned like pur purpose-driven organization. Uh, we at Zetas2 don't use that a lot. Yet it's in our DNA, and uh, I was I was chatting with uh, an author that I know. Uh, she was a guest speaker for us uh, at our previous company. We did a big event, and her whole career is talking about purpose-driven organizations, uh, conscious capitalism, purpose-driven organizations, triple bottom. You know all these different expressions, and uh, she had reached out to me to connect because she saw what I was sort of posting on ZS2, and it was really nice to hear her say, Scott. It doesn't surprise me at all. You're just continuing on with this and your entire team. So she's now chatted with our entire team just to kind of give you know her her thoughts on the U.S. and that this is it's not just a trend. This is what people want to do. I think they want to be part of organizations and teams that they can really be proud of what they're doing. And, and I like what I like what you said. You, you know. This isn't a set of mission, vision, values that get pasted on the wall where you're like, we don't really talk about it, but it's kind of our DNA. And that's where you get the real true alignment. And I find that's when you can attract the, the, those people, like wh whether it's your tribe or, you know, all the different words they use right now to talk about it. But when you're out there talking about it too much, sometimes it's like, hmm, I think you're overselling this one. But when that's actually who you are and what you're all about, and it shows up in the way you you, you run your business to the types of problems you're solving for the world out there, it gets a lot more credible because then it's just real. You know, don't, don't tell me, show me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, we have to be cautious. It's interesting you say, you know, how many people, maybe even some of the folks you've interviewed or uh, come in contact with, they definitely speak about it. And sometimes you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. It's a little bit over the top, right? And so I, I, I'm hopeful for Zetas too, that we're just going to do what we do. And then people just come to that realization that that's what we're about. We're just going to show them. That's what I want. Which I, which I really appreciate. I don't know, it just reminds me a bunch of years ago when companies were, green, were greenwashing everything. Oh, we're the green this and we're green that. And good intentions, but if you peel back a couple layers, it's like, ooh, that doesn't look so green. What's going on, what's, what's going on there? But I think, yeah, doing something from, from a place. So let's, let's, wow, we, we're, we're going down a philosophical uh, road here, Scott. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> haven't even talked is. about the dogs yet or family or, I know, I know. You know, so, so many, so many, so higher many power, who knows? Well, it's our, we're only we're only sixteen minutes in, so look, sit Perfect. back, everyone, pour yourself a glass of wine. It's gonna get it's gonna get deep. One question I want to ask from your perspective of, and I've talked to other. You speak about the high quality of talent in the city, which I could not agree more. But I've often found that there's still it seems like it's getting better, but that gap around, okay, wow, maybe you didn't work in exactly what we're doing now, but you have all these other skills. And I've talked to different leadership in different schools from Bow Valley to Mount Royal, you know, micro credentialing. What's your views on that opportunity to take someone who's I'm just gonna be blunt, they're a 20 year oil and gas reservoir engineer that clearly have a, a breadth of skills, but now they're moving into another they're moving into your organization where clearly there's a couple probably categories that they're not familiar with, but those other eight out of the 10 there, they've been doing for 20 years. How do you as a business leader create space for those individuals to come in and arguably have time to learn what they need to, but really capitalize on the skills that they come in with? Uh, that's, that's a tough question. Um, I would say, so, so a few things, and this is not going to be a perfect answer uh, and no pearls of wisdom here. It's just sort of our view and my view um, with our company. And then when I've been in previous uh, organizations and some amazing teams, like like it, what like I, I I'm fortunate. I've never really had a job in my life, um, 
so you know just lucky right like everything i do it's just i, I i've loved the people i've worked with um hire for culture hire for personality uh bring people who are passionate and want to work hard the technical skills they need if they have some that are relevant fantastic if not that part will figure out that would sort of be my philosophy a little bit especially in the early days of zetas too where you know if if we were to bring on board some team members that maybe i don't know i don't know hypothetically we would never do this you know just didn't have the passion for what we're doing or or ability to think creatively or whatever that that could really hurt us you know we're a small team um so that'd be a challenge uh the second thing is what's been interesting to me is also again because the pandemic is some fantastic folks that I've gotten to know over my career have reached out seeing what we're doing and just want to help. So they're maybe not full time part of Zetas too, but you mentioned it, the tribe or the family or the people who are kind of getting getting on this boat with us for this is growing. But but it's amazing as long as we're flexible and allow them to just spend a little bit of time here, you know, offer them a place to maybe come hang their hat for a little bit, be part of it. There, there's a lot of creative little ways to get them involved and they don't have to be involved full-time. People are definitely looking for flexibility right now. Obviously many of us are working from home part-time, you know, we're fortunate we do have a, a manufacturing site so we can go in, but you know, so flexibility, maybe that's another piece of that puzzle too, for folks. It hasn't slowed us down at all. And it's been, I've been so fortunate to have these amazing people just even want to help us just a day a week, you know, and it's not a set day. You know what I mean? Like it's, Hey, I just want to be part of this. The value of being part of something. And I'm going to tout the Calgary, like fly the Calgary flag here. I think that is a very Calgary, I'm going to say even Western Canada boldly, but that's a very Calgary thing that like, sure, I'll, I'll help you. It, you know, the, I, I grew up back East and there was, you know, I grew up in a small community. So there definitely had that camaraderie. But as soon as you got into the bigger cities, people were a bit more guarded with their time. Like, well, what's in it for me? And where I find here, if you reach out to someone, they'll help you. Like it is an amazing city for that. And to hear that kind of phenomenon of like, hey, maybe, maybe I'm in between jobs or maybe like whatever's going on but I still want to be involved and be part of something because as humans, I think that sense, that sense of purpose is so important to us. Well, it's, it, it's mandatory. It's, it's interesting. A few folks, uh, you know, you, you do, you, you come across the, okay, like what's in it for me? Generally, that'd be sort of a bit of a red flag for me. Um, I, I also think, you know, the folks are like, wow, I want to be part of this. And I, I've said to many people, you know, then we'll figure out how to make this work for everybody and just make it fun. Let's just make it fun. Calgary is also like, like, look, this is the home of the Calgary Stampede. Uh, you know, we hosted the Winter Olympics back in the 80s. This is a city that likes to put on a show, right? So there's also a culture of let's also have fun. We're going to work hard. We're going to outwork everybody, but we're also going to have a lot of fun doing this. I'd say that's, that's <laughs> important I, which, to me. So. Yes, I do. I do. I'm smiling as I'm like, yeah, I think it's enjoyable living here. Yeah. So as a, putting my marketing hat on for a second, a couple questions, but you know, putting that out there in a way that people can get it. So as a, as a CEO, I'm like, to your, to your point, you're startups, you guys are head down, ass up, you're working, you're working yourselves, you're doing the thing. What do you guys do? Or from your perspective, what, what tactics or strategies do you use to get out there? So people do know what you're doing. Is it social media? Is it just events? Well, which is, I guess, kind of hard in the, la- in, in the last year, but how do you make sure people do know what you're doing and that, that uh, ZS2 is on people's radar? So, um, that that is difficult, right? Obviously, we've got pandemic. 
uh, we have limited resources because we're a young company. Um, so, so a few things I would say. Uh, one, we've been very successful in terms of digital marketing, uh, but simple things. I, I send out a note to, the, to a growing list of folks, uh, borderline violating Canadian privacy laws because it comes from my personal email address, you know, mm-hmm. and doesn't have that opt-out line at the bottom, although we put it, you know, if anybody wants to. But it's a hard, every Monday morning at 6.30 a.m., it goes out. And oh, since the okay, pandemic cool. started, our Monday update from ZS2, sometimes it's business-related. Sometimes it's just some funny stuff that was sent to us. Uh, there's always a little bit of science in there. There's a, This week in particular, we were doing a little cement lesson. But it's a quick little 10-minute, here's what we're doing, and here's what's coming next week. So it's just trying to keep in contact with folks. Um, you know, obviously using... Uh, whether it's you know Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Google Meets, different video platforms to to try to stay in touch with folks, mm-hmm. uh, and what we've started to do internally is uh, although we haven't done one for a little while, but we're planning our next one. Uh, we do virtual lounge nights, have a cocktail hour over a video call, right? And we kind of have a theme, uh, but we have a rule on the virtual lounge nights: no business talk for our internal team. So there'll be a theme, and it's more just about us being humans because it's tough. It is tough to interact. From a pure business standpoint, what's also helped us a little bit is our business model is a distribution model. So we have partners locally in different regions of North America. You, you're, yeah, you, you're jumping to my next like. So They've let's talk got about feet on the ground and relationships. So we're we've been able to accelerate our revenue growth because of their relationships. And and some of them are partners or former business partners of mine in previous businesses. Others are are folks that have been introduced to us through potential partners, and, we, and it's just moved very quickly. Interesting. You, my next question was that getting to market, like customer acquisition. So two things. One, you talked about you've got a distributed network. So they, you've, you're already partnering with people that have established relationships and accounts and can call up and say, the credibility is already checked, right? Hey, we've got a new product we're repping. Don't worry. Trust, like You can trust me. We've checked this out. It's good. Which is, a, I would imagine when you're innovating and you're disrupting in a sector that's, I'm used to buying my cement a certain way and my lumber a certain way and my iron my, a certain way and my rebar. All of a sudden you're coming and going, whoa, let me show you a whole new way. That can be, pretty, that can be a big challenge for an innovation-led company. Well, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, especially in construction. This is an industry that has not embraced efficiency and moving things forward, right? It's it's the world's largest industry, uh, but you know there's a lot of processes and just the way they do things are very antiquated. And there's just so many players in a construction project, right? So many people at the table. Uh, so having those local relationships mm-hmm. with people that hey, you you just said it, to hey, you can trust me. We've vetted this. We've looked at this. We've done business with Scott and his team for years. Uh, this is different. It is better. Uh, let, let's just figure out a small way to, to get that proof project. So that's helped us get some initial projects in the United States and Canada very quickly. Um, and then once we have those projects, then, you know, then we can market the heck out of them and show people, look what we've done. And you know, we, did, we did what we said we were going to do. I imagine your business is very much trades on the case study and the proof of like, here's a job. Who did you work for? Were you on time? Were you on budget? Did it? Yeah. All, did, it very probably has a very so. clear set of boxes that you, that you check. Yeah. One, you know, one interesting piece I would touch on actually, just thinking back to what we were talking about five, 10 minutes ago, another piece of the Alberta advantage a little bit. So this is a provincial comment I'd say is mm-hmm. there's been this, this fantastic shift also among our government, uh, you know, minister Schweitzer, moving from justice into innovation jobs, the economy, towards diversification. I think our government, I think, personal opinion, so some people, some of your listeners may disagree, 
done a very good job of recognizing energy industry, forestry, tourism, agriculture, bread and butter. Don't forget about them. But let's also think about investing and supporting some of these new technology companies to add a couple more pillars of innovation and new industries that can create jobs. And uh, we've had a lot of early support, you know, not, not monetarily, but just more in terms of resources and helping us. And that's been, that's been important about being located here in Alberta. It felt like it was kind of slow, but now it feels like it's starting to happen. I think it's gaining a lot of momentum. That's what I'm seeing as well. I'm actually, I'm going to put this out there to the world. I'm working with uh, Mr. Schweitzer's office to try and get him on the show to actually talk about exactly this topic of like, let's get it from your perspective. Because again, I'm tired of all the sound bites and the good and the bad and the negative and like, like what's actually going on? What's your plan? But I've, I feel even, I've been doing the show for just over a year, it, it feels like it's shifted even in that period of time or certainly the people I'm talking to, I'm hearing more what you just said than like, oh, why are we shutting down? Why are we de-incentivizing the right moves? And that seemed to be where it was even 17, 18 months ago. And I'm, I'm feeling positive that we're, 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 we're lifting our eyes up a little bit more outside of the, the tried and true pillars, like you mentioned. Yeah, they, you know, a, co- a couple of things I'd touch on, you know, like give, give Minister Schweitzer and his office, and uh, maybe this will help get him on the show as we give him some plat to, you know, we hundred percent a little bit. And the, the, our current government is, um, you know, some changes to the research and development tax uh, program. So, so in terms of incremental spend and helping you there, you know, Alberta is a very uh, uh, beneficial tax regime for companies. Um, Alberta innovates uh, the Alberta research council, uh, some of the programs there that they're looking at some of the partnerships with some of the post-secondary institutions and collaboration there. Um, There's a lot there that that's, you know, available for uh, new companies to look at doesn't you know nobody fits perfectly everything they're doing but the support is definitely there right now and is that something as said as to were you able to take like did that align for you guys or were you able to to or, or did you need to or i'm always curious how companies then actually like you said they're available but where's the reality when the rubber meets the road mm-hmm. yeah so uh we uh so uh, you know we're in process of uh, applying for or chatting on a few programs, both provincially, federally as well. Um, we also, uh, in the U.S., our, our U.S. team is actually working with um, some folks in the Northeast uh, out of Boston uh, for some stuff there uh, with the same Massachusetts. So there's some stuff there as well. So we're, we're looking at that all the time. Uh, some of the companies... Right, and right across the board, like south of the border... Yeah. So. Yeah. We yes. view like for Zetas too, I view, I view ourselves as, you know, we're Calgary based, this is home, but at the same time, uh, we are a North American company. So, you know, that is, you know, our marketplace is in the United States and Canada, potentially overseas. Um, so we, you know, we, we don't view the border as an issue. Like we, we view the North American market as our, I appreciate that. Curious. Do you, do you have any customers in Alberta? So in Alberta, we do. We have customers here. Uh, some of our first proof projects has that as two. Um, I would say the agriculture sector has been probably where we've found our earliest success and then residential. Um, if the Minister of Education is listening to your podcast, we want to talk about schools and building, you know, and stop building these stick built lumber construction schools so we can make them a little safer for our children. That's just a whole other personal philosophical Subject. I've had my conversations with Alberta Infrastructure previously about that, and uh, they know where I stand on the issue. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate. It. I, I feel. I feel there's a certain passion behind this this specific topic for you. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. Okay. Shame, shameless plug for Zetas too. I, I. I feel that uh, 
sometimes some of our public buildings, we build them to the lowest standards, right? So the building code's improving. Um, but, you know, when you see some of these structures being built, it's it's they're building it using old antiquated technology, you know, two by four stick framing like gauge steel. And I feel, especially for us, because our, you know, our technologies, our products are highly, highly fire resistant. They're much safer. When I got into this industry and especially, you know, Dr. Doug Brown, our chief technology officer, kind of really educated me. And I really learned from Doug. I, I thought, why are we building schools the way we build them? Why are we building homes the way we're building? Like we sh- the, the technologies exist now to build much safer structures. And, uh, and I'll give you a quick example, little anecdotal story. A uh, good friend of mine uh, is a firefighter. And uh, having a conversation with him, and he was telling me that most fires, if they show up to a house fire, if they know that there's nobody in the house and it's happened, the first hoses go on the house beside and the house beside on the other side. So it's all about asset protection because that house that's already on fire is already a lost cause. And that's backed up by, there's so many papers out there, but our building materials now, like when, and, and also what we put in our homes, you know, like if anybody's listening, heaven forbid you have a fire event ever where you're living, leave the house immediately. Don't try to save your laptop with the pictures, like get out and go to your neighbors because because unfortunately these fires that have happened and we've seen it over and over again they happen so quickly but the materials exist the science exists to build much safer structures cost effectively too i was just going to ask is is the price delta what keeps it from coming into mainstream or is it also just this is the way we've always done it or a combination of the two it's a, i think it's a combination uh again shameless plug for zs2 we've brought the pli- the price delta to where it is effectively zero uh so so it is better it, we we do have a challenge in our business a little bit, and it makes sense. We do because we're we're such an innovative and new building products and new technology um, that we do have to get appropriate certifications, and that takes time and money in terms of federal certifications, local building codes, getting engineer stamps, getting testing. We've invested heavily in third-party certification in both the U.S. and Canada. I think that's very important, but it's time-consuming. And, and COVID has slowed things down a little bit. But, you know, we're partnering with the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. Uh, they're starting to take a whole bunch of our tech panels next week. Uh, they have them now, and we'll be crushing them, blowing them down, burning them, doing a whole bunch of different things. And the engineers will be watching and and certifying everything for us. And then we'll, we'll send all that data on to the uh, regulatory authorities for certification. That sounds like a potential uh, field trip I might want to attend to watch you guys blow up and destroy all your pets. You know, <laughs> so it gets it gets better, Tyler. So so if we could travel, um, so one of our team members is based out of the Caribbean, and we've had a lot of inbound phone calls from the the southeast United States where they get hit hard by hurricanes. This this year was the the worst hurricane season on record. You know, they ran out of names for the storms. They went to Greek letters. Um, so our team down in that area. Uh, has really been pushing me for uh, hurricane certification, what's called Miami-Dade County. Miami-Dade County is kind of the gold standard. So what we're doing in a month is we have panels actually that are being sent down to a, a lab. It's called Hetty. doesn't matter. It's in Miami, Florida. And uh, they're literally shooting two-by-fours out of air guns 
at the walls. Like that's to, like to simulate flying debris, basically. Yeah, to simulate flying debris. So I, I was like, you know, that'd be kind of fun just to sit there with a beer or a glass of wine and watch them just fire stuff at these walls. The, the case of beer somehow was in my mind for sure. Like it could be, it could be wine, but it feels like a beer. It feels it's, like a beer it, event. It kind of feels like a beer thing, doesn't it? Like you're shooting high velocity at 125, 150 miles an hour debris. Are you guys going to get some video of this? Now the marketer in me is like, are we going to get this content, Scott? Like, this is gold. <laughs> you better believe it. You better believe it. Well, you know, I've even, I've even had my kids. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble with child services now. So this is, <laughs> this is where this conversation has devolved. So, and this was my kid's idea. They said, well, dad, you know, your, your tech board's, you know, fireproof. We, we should shoot a little video. They love taking their iPads and doing little videos and stuff the like that. The level of creativity for the next, the, the upcoming generation is going to yeah. surpass any of us in our wildest dreams. So, you know, if you go to our website, there's a video of my kids, uh, my eight-year-old with a blowtorch. So I'm probably going to jail for that. Uh, <laughs> and he's taking it versus OSB. He's taking a little wood structure that he had built and then he's comparing it and he had drawn this house and then he's got his little Lego men. They're little firefighters standing by. And then my 10-year-old basically extinguished. I'm going to go check that video out right away. <laughs> so, that is something I would have done 100%. Like, well, maybe even recently. I don't know if I would have yeah. been eight to do that. <laughs> I, I have no, I had no say in the product, production of that video. That was all the 10-year-old and eight-year-old. So it was, in, it was, so we were just saying it was an independent study, not funded, not necessarily funded by dad. There, there was no rewards afterwards <laughs> for skewing results. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's no, you know, on, dad, I'm giving it to you here. You can take it either way. It was objective. Uh, I may have armed them with o an open flame and a blowtorch, but you know, but you, but you didn't add an accelerant. So I think, I think you may, I think you made the still made the mature choice. Okay. okay. And no, nobody was harmed in the filming of that video. No animals, no humans, nothing. For the record, but that but that wood structure didn't survive. I'm imagining. Oh no, it was on flames in like 20 seconds. It was terrible black <laughs> smoke coming everywhere, like the fire extinguisher. Super toxic, the whole night. Oh, you got it. Um, you talked about being in Calgary from your perspective of no no better place. When you think about as a company in Calgary, as a startup who's innovating something new, so you're giving people something they haven't seen before. Is it from a place they haven't heard of before? Is there any? Do you get any challenges of you know? And I'm, I'm overstating this position, but kind of what's a Calgary? Like, what do you mean? Where are you guys from? Like, oh yeah, up there in Canada. Like, has that been a challenge for you at all? Kind of on a, on a making reference to North American, but certainly a global stage. Uh, I would say no. So fortunate. I could see people thinking that a uh, bit of a challenge for us as a company is uh, logistics. Uh, so, so we, we, you know, we ship our, we're like Ikea, we ship flat pack. We're not like a modular builder. We don't ship a lot of air. Um, so we're innovative. We have the science. Uh, but when you're sending stuff on a truck and it's still got a long distance to travel one that costs money and it and time also with COVID right now and getting across the border, it, it hasn't slowed us down luckily. Um, so I would say no, uh, not an issue, but that doesn't mean that we haven't thought, and we, we actually have a strategic partnership with a, a company out of Texas, Red Sky Modular, give them a shameless plug, and they're really pivoting their business model to represent ZS2 in Texas and that part of the world. Um, you know, we need U.S. presence. You know, we want, we need to be closer in, in our business. We need to be closer to our, our customers. And my long-term vision for the company is to have distributed manufacturing as well in certain, you know, the quadrants. That, North America. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking would make sense. But so right now you're manufacturing in Alberta, but that's just also, that's part of kind of phase one or whatever, whatever phase you're on. Correct. 110% correct. That's right. You made, you made a comment and something I wanted to, I have, I've worked with some modular companies over the years from a marketing perspective. Where does this dovetail with, does this partner right up alongside modular and they would then use your products in their 
our modular construction. Because again, I'm trying to separate, you got your construction materials, but modular is like, hey, this is another way of building it, where they also promise budget controls, timeline controls. You know, their promises sounded a lot similar to some of the ones that you'd said earlier on, not necessarily the environmental piece as much. Yeah, so um, so I have to be cautious here because I know a lot of the modular um, builders, players, uh, companies in uh, North America. I've met directly with many of them and then know of many others. Uh, fantastic Prefab construction, North America is embracing prefab in terms of quality control, built in a controlled environment, cost certainty, uh, ship to site, less material usage, and then uh, shortening timelines. And shortening timelines is really how you save money. The challenge I have a little bit with some of the modular builders, and this is not a knock on them, is they're still using traditional materials. They're still using the two by fours or the light gauge seal or the two by sixes. And then the second piece where they have a little bit of a challenge is they ship big boxes and there's some home builders, modular home builders out there. They're building beautiful, beautiful homes. And I could list them and name some of them. People would know, but they have to over engineer what they're building, not for the site, but for the transportation because things can get out of whack. So uh, we're a big believer to also logistically in flat pack. Again, the Ikea model and it, I like what you said about not, ship, not shipping, not shipping air. I, I really, that resonated with me. As air. Just, you can get that. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think, so, so to tie into your original question, um, we are having some discussions with some modular builders uh, who have actually now asked us to, to chat about maybe we could become part of their business model to help them differentiate themselves further with higher performance materials. So, so maybe we'd be kind of a strategic supplier or partner that way. Uh, so I think that I think that will come. It's just a matter of which of those modular builders is willing to take the next step. What I'm hearing also is we're on the early side of this curve. Like we're we're, we're far from. So if you were going to prophesize and crystal ball and put on your wizard outfit and tell us about the future, if you're looking out three, five, ten, I don't know. I don't know how far it makes sense. Some people say looking out five years. If, you, if we looked out five months a year ago, we would have been completely wrong. Um, when you start to look to the future of, of of construction and technology and merging together, where do you see it? Does it just, just start to intersect and completely change how it all interacts with each other down the road? Uh, I do. Actually, I, I would say that. And um, some conversations we're having with some potential partners and with our, we call them tech partners. So my regional distribution partners are called tech partners, uh, especially in California and in Alaska. So California's had these terrible fires, Oregon also, right? So insurance companies are driving the requirement to build more fire resilient, but also their access to skilled labor is really becoming challenging. The construction industry in the United States especially didn't really slow down during the pandemic. It's still a market. That- I, 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 you mentioned Texas. I have some friends it's that have growing. operations in Texas. They're like, it is booming. They can't get drivers. They can't get tech, skilled labor. Like it's, it's a challenge. Look at, look at OSB costs, lumber, steel, through the roof, through the roof right now. Um, so I think that's driving things a little bit in terms of, okay, people are looking at innovative ways. And there are some really cool companies out there doing some neat, neat things in terms of how they build a building, um, in terms of integrating new innovative materials, processes. So one of our thoughts for ZS2 is also, we're not just a, you know, a magnesium cement, you know, uh, board sheathing, uh, insulated panel provider. We're also going to partner, however that looks, with other innovative material and construction technology companies and really push the entire envelope. So to your question is, there's probably stuff we don't even know about that's out there. 
and and we want to talk to those folks and see how we can bring it all together. Because if we can if 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 we can convince a client, a potential partner of ours, that they, there is a better way to build, then that's someone who's already thinking leading edge. Let's introduce them to other leading edge pieces of their puzzle. What I'm really hearing there is values alignment. And if, if your core competency was just how well we could manufacture and distribute products, that would be one part of the business. But I'm, I'm hearing that that is absolutely has to be part of it. But the piece ahead of that, that innovation and what are we doing to make it better and what are we doing to be more, to meet all those other criteria from you know kind of almost the tri- triple Ps. And we've, we've dropped a lot of acronyms today, but I heard the environmental piece. I heard you know people, all that. If that's really your DNA, then that partnership piece is almost required or you're not actually living up to your values. <laughs> Well, and, and, and a ticket uh, or add something to that is, um, and really, you know, I've been fortunate to work with some amazing uh, mentors, you know, entrepreneurs, leaders uh, in my career. And I would say what was consistent uh, among all of them was uh, constant innovation and keep pushing the envelope and keep, you know, investing in research and development, uh, keep looking for those partnerships. Don't, you know, I, I, I'm very confident that what we have at ZS2 is world-class in terms of building product material, in terms of safety, cost-effective, prefab, quality, health. But what about tomorrow? What about, you're talking about what about three years from now? What about five years from now? What about 10 years from now? So, you know, Doug and, you know, you know his team, go, keep going. Like, just because we've got a great product today doesn't mean it'll be the best tomorrow. I appreciate that. And if you're on the early stage of an industry that is evolving, there's going to be more competitors. Like again, which raises the bar for everybody because you're right. It's a, it, when everything's been done the same way for so long, being the innovator, you were the, you, you were the outlier, but now that feels like your industry is shifting, which uh, like anything, it's slow. And then probably all of a sudden, because once the, the construction industry being the size and just the amount of money that's moving around, once it decides to move in a certain direction, it probably does it with a, some pretty good weight behind it. <laughs> well, and there's some big players, right? There is, it is, it's the world's largest industry, right? So, I, I would think as it's changing, and really there has been a, an amazing change towards prefab. You know, a lot of the big general contractors, even the, the biggest players in Canada, all have teams at some level looking at prefab solutions. At you know, they, they're already there. So, when you think of size of project from like a you know a large downtown tower to a residential, would your product be able to bridge across different applications, like right from the you know a high rise to a to a single family? So single family, uh, lower rise structures, you know, up to three, four stories, regardless of residential, commercial, industrial, you know, academic, healthcare, uh, we're a great solution. Uh, high rise, there'd be certain instances right now. That being said, we're working on some solutions that would, would uh, be excellent. Uh, you know, we could bolt it in uh, into a high rise application. Uh, one like one simple is elevator cores, firewalls, stairwells, where traditionally a lot of people are still building using cinder block, a lot of cement and concrete, very heavy, but also, you know, for every one ton of cement production, you produce a ton of CO2. So there's a much better way to do that. So again, back to there's 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 no limit to opportunities for you guys to innovate to be able to play in different different sectors. No, I, I don't think so. And you know, we we want to be the you know you know my 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 big dream is I, I want to be a world class Canadian company. Our team that like we have this big vision in terms of this innovative construction materials based on science. That's really what we want to be. That's our long term vision wherever that takes us. 
Curious question. You talk about North. I love. I love. I love that. I'm just let's let, let's sit with that for just a second, Scott. Just enjoy. Just enjoy that because it gives me a sense of pride just hearing you say it the way you said it. When you think about on the global stage, North America, is there other jurisdictions around the world thinking of you know European countries where this type of building material is just much more commonplace? Like, are we where are we in North America against some of the global innovation that's happening? So uh, actually, I'd focus. That's a great question too. Um, so. Europe tried to look at uh, magnesium boards and sheathing and for fire resistance, you know, it's much denser cities, um, issues with uh, much more high humidity environments for some of the coastal cities there uh, back in the 1980s. But there was problems with chlorides, the, the chemistry. So it had one Achilles heel. Magnesium cement had a, an Achilles heel with chlorides. And so there's some challenges. There's a, actually a, a fairly well-known project in Denmark, a famous public library that had some issues that needed to be retrofitted. So, so they kind of shied away from it. We've solved, and by we, I mean, you know, Dr. Doug Brown and his team have solved that issue. So we've solved the last mile. But what's fascinating to me is, a little history lesson here, and again, I've been schooled on this over the last three, four years, is magnesium cement is actually one of the world's oldest building technologies. The Great Wall of China, the Roman aqueducts. The Brooklyn Bridge was the last major U.S. infrastructure project to use a magnesium cement instead of Portland cement. So, you know, we're based here in Calgary. We drive out to Canmore to Banff. We drive past a big Lafarge plant. That's a Portland cement plant. Most of the uh, gases and the steam coming off of that plant, a lot of it's CO2, unfortunately. You know, they're taking limestone off those mountainsides. Um, magnesium cement has a much lower uh, CO2 footprint Potentially, if it's if we use waste materials out of uh, there is actually a, a very high quality uh, magnesium mine, and there's other sources here in Western Canada. Potentially, we're working on that. I don't want to get into too much of our proprietary. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll save that for next episode. Hey, we'll save that for you know NDA for all your listeners out there. I get this really <laughs> excited. You want to get me fired up? Let's talk about that. Uh, but the challenge is so you asked your question was about internationally. So Europe doesn't have raw magnesium either. So Portland cement was invented in the 1800s in UK, Germany, because limestone's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Most of the world's supply of high quality and accessible magnesium, which is one of the it's a wondrous mineral, is China, North Korea, and Russia. That's a big challenge. But what's happening in China, I will say, in Asia, is they're starting to adopt magnesium technologies for sheathing and boards and blocks and cladding because they have access to it. And it, they're, they're realizing it's better. It is better. And, and they ha- and they have the natural resource. Which they have is the a natural huge- resource. Uh, so we right now we have a strategic partner, uh, third party certified. So we, we've built a supply chain that's incredibly robust. That was the very thir- first thing we did with S two. Well, that was your make or break, right? <laughs> that was the, it. Was actually it was the make or break. And I wish we could take credit. You know, sometimes it's just good to be lucky and lucky to be good. Like it was, you know, we had a relationship based on. Well, the harder, harder I work, the luckier I get. Right? There's, yeah, a, there's a lot of versions. There's true. a lot of versions. Yeah, we time. had some previous relationships. I, you know, I'm fortunate in my past life. I, I had spent some time living in Taiwan, and I had some relationships over there. And then we had previous company. I spent some time in China, and we had critical suppliers over there. And between those two groups of people we knew, we were able to mm. to develop a relationship uh, that is first class. Well, it's such a critical example, no matter what business you're in, the quality of your relationships, the quote unquote, your, your Rolodex, you know, nothing much in life happens without a relationship. And to hear you say that, like, basically yeah. that would have been a, that was a go, no go moment for you guys. If you didn't, weren't able to establish that. It was, it, a, it, a, a that was day zero of ZS2. That was day zero, that relationship. Uh, and then having the quality control, like, you know, 
again, having a team on this side of scientists on our team, our ZS2. So uh, we have three PhDs on our team, if you can believe it. And we're, we're just a little company. So, uh, and it's not that a PhD is the be all and end all, but smart people that are passionate about what we're doing. Well, it still carries some weight. That's, that's, yeah. that's not lost on me at all. For sure. yeah. Absolutely. And so how big, like, quick question. When, when did you guys get, when did you guys get established and how big is the team? Because we kind of skimmed over that. Mm. Uh, so uh, core team would probably be pushing about 20 uh, with okay. manufacturing distribution teams, probably 70 or 80. Okay. Uh, company got established in February of last year. You know, why waste a pandemic? Oh, wow. Okay, wow. Right? Okay. Like, why waste a pandemic? That's amazing. I didn't, I didn't, I, I was giving you at least two, three years to kind of get to where you are now. That's impressive. I'm glad, I'm glad I asked that question for, for, the, for the audience, for the fans, for the yeah. fans. You know, it's funny. It, it's in our team, we're moving a million miles an hour. Uh, we were I can imagine. on a uh, call with, uh, there's a clean tech accelerator of Vancouver called Foresight. They have an officer in Calgary. And so we're part of their program and they give us some advice. It's like having a bit of a strategic advisory board. Uh, although we also mm-hmm. have our uh, an actual board of advisors for us too, um, and I was commenting them that I wish we were moving faster. I was actually commenting them on two things that weren't moving quick enough for me, and they actually were. This was a compliment. Is they they said, "Whoa, like we talk to you guys quarterly. It, you you're in it every day, so you may not see how fast you're moving." But they said, "Wow, you guys are moving fast," and it, it was, they they were it was a real genuine compliment to our team. Something we joke about at Clermont. If you can't see the label when you're inside the bottle, yeah, you are firmly in the ZS2 bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly for us. Well, it's good to, and I, I know as a, as a CEO, and you're excited, clearly passionate, uh, stepping back and go, wow, we are doing okay. Okay, now back to work. Like there's those little moments you just need to celebrate. And it sounds like you're you're not one to not celebrate, Scott. I'm not getting that impression. <laughs> no, no, you got to celebrate. That's right. Actually, it's, it's funny <laughs> we're thinking about because the restriction bees were like, okay, if we gather outside and we're all six feet apart this Friday afternoon before the weather turns and we dress warm, can we still have a beer? So we're trying to, yes, you know, I, I, fiscal I, challenge. I'm, I, I'm no, I'm no expert, but I think I think you might be okay. <laughs> Don't okay, go no. me though. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so Steve, again, this will this will be glaring after, so I won't get yeah. The, the the next announcement that's coming from our government, which we haven't heard yet, but by the time this airs, that will be we we will know where we're at in the pandemic. So let's just let's just hope for the best. Yeah, if you hear, you know, CEOs at us too, find a thousand dollars for inappropriate social distancing. I'm you can think cautious. back to wow, you know what? I heard the podcast where he said he was going to do that actually. So definitely there was intent. Yeah, there was intent. So but no. Scott, what's thank you so much for sharing your story. One, I love your passion and, and your perspective. And congratulations. I'm really glad we dropped right at the end. Oh, by the way, this has been since February. What did you do during the pandemic? Well, I started a company to change the world in construction. I don't know. What did you do? That, that's awesome. I I'm really like kudos to you guys. And again, it makes me super proud that you chose Calgary and that you're all in on on on, on our city and where things are going. And it's companies like yours that are are reframing our future, which I believe has got nothing but nothing but opportunity ahead of us. Well, Tyler, you know, I just want to say one, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, two, y- what you're doing to also wave the flag on behalf of Calgary, Alberta, Canada is also very impressive, and that's why it was, it was you know this has been so much fun, anyways. But all of it, you know, all the other people that you're interviewing and spending time with, it's amazing some of these stories that are out there, and we need to celebrate it here and be proud, like be proud Calgarians, be proud Albertans. There's a lot going on in this city, in this province. There, I had, I had no idea. Part of this, doing this podcast is like, you know, I work downtown. I lived the downtown scene and kind of, I knew what was going on. I didn't have a clue what was going on. I had my head so firmly. Anyways, when I started talking to people and it's just one wow after another, and people ask me like, Oh, how was the pandemic? And I really doubled down on content and talking to people. 
I, I never had time to get bummed out about it because every second day I was hearing a positive story about what was going on. So I hope that that, you know, thank you for saying that. And that's my goal because, you know, with a positive attitude, you can do a lot more than reading negative headlines all day. Uh, you're doing a hell of a job. I can't say thank you enough. I'm bad for everybody. Oh, thanks, Scott. I, yeah. I really appreciate it. I, I would do it if no one listened because I get to have cool chats with guys like you. So <laughs> guys and gals. But Scott, hey, let's, let, we, would, we would be remiss. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you guys? Obviously, website, ZS2 Technologies. ZS2Technologies.com. And uh, for you Americans out there, that's Z, not Z. So it's ZS2Technologies.com. So let's remember that. Um, website's the best. Our new website launches on February 15th. Right now, it's you know pretty basic. It uh, hasn't been a focus. We've been focused on digital marketing. But people can reach out directly to me anytime. Uh, Scott.Jenkins, uh, J-E-N-K-I-N-S, at ZS2Technologies.com. I love hearing from new folks. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I always, I always love when a CEO goes, Hey, if you want to talk to me, I'm always available. Here's my email. So cool. yeah. thank you for you. Thanks for putting, thanks for putting that out. I love this world of transparency and access that we create because back to relationships, that's exactly how those are created. <laughs> Just having a chat. Hang on. Scott, thanks, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, we, we, I have, a, I'm going to be bold and say, we may be chatting again in the future. I really love what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. I really appreciate it. 